Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We're going to go straight off to River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and uh, be joined by a guy who went from the outhouse to the penthouse with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. And years before that, he played for a team that I used to joke with all the time with John Short back in the day, the Baltimore Skipjacks. We're pleased to be rejoined on orders now by Phil Bork from uh, the Penguins Radio Network. Phil, how are you? I'm good. Those were memorable moments, memorable days for me in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Where I was a, I was the ultimate minor leaguer, man. I was pretty happy just playing pro hockey, and uh, it took me a while to figure it out and get tired of riding the buses before I decided to get myself in the gym and and uh, really pursue an NHL career. Was your coach? I'm thinking, was it Gene Ubriaco? Was that who was coaching the team back then? Yeah, first I started with Lou Angotti in my first year, and uh, then Gene Ubriaco, who. Uh, I had a real tumultuous relationship with my dad uh, growing up as a kid. And uh, I'll be honest with you, he, uh, for some reason, I have no idea why, probably should ask him someday because he's still in the game of hockey work for Chicago Wolves. I should ask him why he kind of took a liking to me and took me under his wing, Uh, really helped me in my career. Well, and I mentioned you went from the outhouse to the penthouse with Pittsburgh because uh, you know, the Penguins struggled for a number of years, and you eventually got transitioned, and you were p- kind of part of that turnaround. You were, you know, you got a cup of coffee for, I don't know, four or five seasons for that Pittsburgh organization, up and down with the farm, that sort of thing. Then you became a full-time player, right as the Penguins got pretty good in 88-89. Could you feel, uh, we had Craig Simpson on earlier in the show, and he talked a bit about, you know, his trade, going to Edmonton, you know, bringing in Paul Coffey. Uh, he felt that that might have helped the Penguins organization get to that next level. Uh, do you think that was part and parcel as to, to what helped that turnaround in Pittsburgh getting the player of Coffey's unique talents? No, that's a, that's an interesting trade. I don't think a lot of people talk about Simmer going the other way and his success that he had in Edmonton. Uh, and Coffey, you know, Paul, tra- uh, he kind of changed everything. Bob, everything as far as the culture here in Pittsburgh and the way we we carried ourselves, number one. Uh, he brought a confidence into our locker room. He brought, a uh, uh, obviously, a Stanley Cup rings into that locker room. Uh, but more than anything, uh, what he did off the ice and the way that he not only practiced, but the way that he trained in the gym was something I talk about all the time. He, he, he changed everything because he, he was working out after games. Uh, whether it was 30, 40 minutes, he'd do a quick circuit and, and he'd do some cardio. 
and guys started kind of dribbling into the room, into the, the weight room, because Kopp was in there. And next thing you know, you'd see Tom Barrasso in there. You'd see Kevin Stevens in there. And next thing you know, Mario would come in and go, hey, what are you guys doing? And he'd start working out, too. And I think it really benefited us and helped us win a couple Stanley Cups. Well, and you, you know, you guys win the, the, the back-to-back titles in 91-92, kind of replacing the Oilers as the next dynasty. Uh, and they shouldn't, you know, you ended up going to the Rangers in 92-93. They should have, you know, you should have found a way to make stay in Pittsburgh. I think you were the difference. You would have gotten them over the top in that series against the Islanders. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people say that Bob Erie uh, got traded that year. Troy Loney was gone, and uh, you know, we were kind of the the foot soldiers, if you will, that they really didn't replace. I mean, that was a team that just bowled through everybody. It's almost too easy for them during the regular season, and then they they lose on that David Volek goal uh, in overtime. In a game seven, it was a it was a devastating loss for this organization. Uh, but I was a free agent, Bob, at the time. You mentioned I rode the buses yep. that long. It was the first time I had to kick at that can as an unrestricted free agent. The Rangers offered me so much money. I remember I bumped into Craig Patrick, the general manager of the Penguins, right after. He shook my hand. He said, "You got to take that deal." You know, there's <laughs> no way I'm going to come even close. I can't come close with having to pay Yager and. And Mario and Ron Francis and, and and Mario, I mean the whole group. He had to pay a whole bunch of those guys either that year or the next year. Um, so uh, I begrudgingly took the money. I don't I don't sugarcoat it at all. I took the cash from the Rangers and moved on. Uh, but uh, uh, too bad I wasn't there. I get traded right at the deadline, the very last minute of the deadline in '94 before the Rangers won a cup that year. Um, but uh, I'm I'm pretty happy to win a couple here in Pittsburgh. You won a couple, couple. You won a couple as a player. We're joined by Phil Bork. You've worked on the broadcast seemingly forever, Phil, and you've watched Sidney Crosby go from being the kid to to being this veteran. It's interesting with Pittsburgh. They won the cup in uh, you know uh, what, what year was it now? Two thousand nine, right? Does that sound right? 09. Yeah. Yeah. Oh nine yeah. was the first one with Sid. Yeah. Right. And did you think for a few years after? as they were crashing out a series, that maybe they weren't going to get another one? Or in the back of your mind, did you think there was going to be an opportunity to recalibrate? Uh, because, you know, there were a couple surprising departures fairly early in the playoffs for a team that I don't think there was any debate five to six years ago that Sidney Crosby was the best player in the National Hockey League. And, you know, when hey, I'm not sneezing at winning the Stanley Cup. It's just for, there were a couple of years there where I think people were starting to wonder, would they win another one again? No, those are all valid points. You remember they got swept by the Boston Bruins, uh, where I think they scored two goals in the whole series. Yeah, uh, They had that complete meltdown, I think it was in 2012, against the Philadelphia Flyers, where the Flyers just pushed the Penguins around, and James Neal and Evgeny Malkin, just, uh, they just had a tough time dealing with the Flyers' shenanigans. So, yeah, I, I kind of blanked those years out because they were, they were some tough years because you had Sid, you had Gino, you knew you had the nucleus, Chris Letang, you had Mark Arndy Fleury, you figured we're, we're going to at least get to another Stanley Cup. I don't know if we're going to win it, but get to a final again, and it didn't happen. So, yeah, there was some really humbling losses here which brought on change, and sometimes change can be good. Well, you know, you say that, and I look at what the Oilers are going through on a micro level because they didn't come close to reaching the heights of what Sydney did. But, I mean, the Oilers were one game away from playing in the Western Final a couple of years ago, and it has been humbling and humiliating, I think, for the organization to have regressed the way they have to be in the position they're in right now. 
in Pittsburgh's case, how important was Mike Sullivan coming in, just being the right voice as a head coach to, to take uh, control of things here? You know, I kind of just take a quick uh, widening of the lens and look back at, you know, the coaches that we had here and, and the certain coaches that came in, the personalities. You go back to Michelle Terrian coming in and took the team to a Stanley Cup final in 2008. He was the right guy at that time. Uh, he gets replaced by Dan Bosma. He takes him all the way to the promised land. Um, and now Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan is such a unique coach uh, with such a unique group. Uh, at, t- at times, uh, I just did marvel and admire in the way that he not only um, uh, is able to put players in position to succeed, but also what's probably the most challenging is the dealing with not so much the egos, but more the personalities that are on this club. The thing about Sully is he's all business, and he doesn't sugarcoat things. And I think that's the tightrope that he walks, is to be brutally honest with guys and not insult them. And I think he's done a really good job of that. I think uh, he has a strong relationship with his captain, which I think is needs to be first and foremost, because if your captain and your best player doesn't buy in, the rest of the players, they smell that. They can see that in a subtle way, and they don't buy in also. So I, I, I can't even put into words how much I admire Mike Sullivan and the way he carries himself on and off the ice and what he's been able to do with this hockey team. Phil Bork joining us in orders. Now, by the way, Phil, the one-game suspension for the slash for Malkin, I get it today, but when you played, that was nothing, right? Uh, it was something. It's still something. You use your your stick as a weapon against the player. Um, I don't know if do you remember a, a player, Archie Henderson. Archie Henderson, sure, he's a scout for the Detroit Red Wings. He was a tough okay. guy in the Washington Capitals organization for years. Yeah, well, he played. I think he was in Hershey at the time. Uh, him and I had a stick swinging match of all stick swinging matches. Something that would get us 50-game suspensions nowadays. We're facing each other. It's kind of just progressed. He slashed me. I slashed him. It was normal slashing, and it progressed to full-on swinging as hard as you can in each other's head and blocking, and like uh, it was like fencing almost. Um, what did you get for it? But Nothing. Nothing. It was, it was, we probably got. That's my, I guess that's my point. Like, yeah. I, yes, you shouldn't use the stick, but the fact is, when you played, it was nothing. It, it used proof point. It right? was different. But it, when you swing your stick towards a player's head, and I, I think looking back now and knowing Gino, he was swinging it probably to swing and hit him in the waist or the pants. I'm not excusing it right. at all, but right. when it goes above. And Gino has done some other things, which have probably warranted a phone call. Like, hey, man, we you know we can't be having that in the game. This is kind of a warning shot, another warning shot. You do something like he did the other night in Philadelphia. I think he should consider himself lucky. It's only one game. Wow, that's great stuff. Uh, we're joined right now by Phil Bork. I never knew that. I see Archie Henderson all the time. He scouts out west for Detroit. I'll have to bring that up with him. Uh, the great. Yeah, he'll remember. Well, here's one you'll remember. Uh, Dave Smanko, who, of course, passed away a couple years ago, had the great comeback line uh, on Archie Henderson. Archie had been called up uh, from the minors where he spent several years, and he he saddles up next to Sammy and says, Well, Sammy, we finally meet again, because I used to fight in junior. And (laughs) Dave Smanko said, Hey, Archie, I've been here the whole time. Where have you been? (laughs) Because Henderson had been in the minors for the last 
<laughs> it's a great I a comeback. Dave, I have a quick Dave Semenko story. I'll make it really short and quick. Uh, he was playing at Hartford at the time, and I'm I'm from the Boston area. Um, something happened. He turned around and gave me a shot, and I dropped my gloves, and I didn't realize who it was. I just wanted to get a jump on the big guy, uh, and I threw a punch, and I landed it. I wasn't a great fighter. I'll admit that. And I was going to get the jump on him. I threw a punch. I landed this punch right on his jaw. It was like hitting King Kong in the head. Uh, he he then mopped the ice with me like you've never seen before, had me bent over at the waist and just throttled me. The next morning in the Boston Globe newspaper was a picture of my right fist hitting his jaw. It was the greatest thing I'll have from my playing days because nobody saw what happened after that when uh, when Semenko just absolutely throttled me. That's awesome. Phil Bork joining us. Uh, Phil's a, a big fan of Rob Brown, and uh, we want to establish right now none of the stories that are out there about you and Rob we can actually discuss on the air. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, that is absolutely 100% correct. It was uh, in his single days, way before he was happily married to his lovely bride, and we were a couple single guys, and none of us. Well, I'll take it all to the grave with me, Brownie. There we go. Okay, just before we wrap up here, one of the reasons why Pittsburgh has done her, uh, you know, has been as competitive a team as they have, Bill Guerin. And uh, when the Oilers announced it officially that Peter Shirelli was uh, relieved of his duties, I included Bill Guerin in a list with Norm McIver, uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, Mark Hunter as guys that potentially might make sense for the Oilers' GM job. Uh, Bill Guerin is responsible in large part with the farm team. And could you maybe speak to the impact? that uh, the players that have transitioned out of Oaksbury have made over the last several years to help round out this lineup for uh, a talented Pittsburgh Penguins squad. I'm glad you brought it up because nobody really talks about it. The personality of Bill Guerin is something really special, cherished within this game, cherished within the Penguins organization. He's a special human being. His passion for hockey and the Penguins is is incredible. Uh, and the way that he is uh, rounded the edges to uh, become a, a really good hockey executive uh, is something special. He's he's got that Boston personality, if you know what I mean, and uh, where he doesn't pull any punches. He's he's honest. He's uh, right to the to the facts, uh, and he has this um, magnetic personality. Whether you're a player, um, you know, the parents of a player, uh, brother and sister, he makes you feel at ease and comfortable and that you want to be in the bunker with him. You want to go to war with him uh, just because of uh, what he stands for and how honest he is and uh, how, uh, how much you just want to be a part of whatever he's doing. I want to be with that guy, uh, whether it's you know, playing golf or, or fishing or, or playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's the kind of guy you want to go to war with. So he's a very special person. Great stuff. Phil, we'll see you down there tonight, and I'm glad you're able to duck most of the Semenko's blows in that battle. <laughs> thanks, Bob. I enjoyed it. It's good hockey talk. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Phil Bork, longtime uh, Penguins broadcaster on the Penguins Radio Network. It's 148 in Edmonton. Tell you the best pizza in the city. Still make it a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza's been Edmonton owned and operated. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 151 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Our last guest again, Phil Bork. Uh, terrific guy to get on. Great storyteller. Fun guy. I believe he actually lived in a motorhome. At least he started the training camp that year in Chicago, the American Hockey League in the motorhome, or was it the IHL back in the day? Uh, this is Orders Now, and uh, let's go to Listing and Orders History, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 39 years. You can join Dennis Laliberti, who's the president of New West Travel. He's got a spectacular Italian and Greek island cruise coming up in the fall. Includes daily tours, meals, and exclusive special events. For more information, call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. What do you got for me here, Brendan Escott? All right, Bob. In 1994, not only was I born, but a few months before that happened, Mighty Ducks forward uh, Terry Yakes scored twice and added an assist to pick up his 100th career point and lead Anaheim to a 6-3 win over the Oilers at Northlands. Doug Waite had a goal and an assist for the Oil, and Bill Ramford took the loss in between the pipes. Uh, and Terry uh, Yake was uh, factually known as Teriyaki by a lot of people out there back in the day, but it was uh, indeed uh, Terry Yake. The Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. You can text us at 630-630. He's our old friend. The Chisler. Um, has, we haven't heard from him for a while, but uh, he has texted us, and he says, Bob, uh, he's texted us on our Heartland Ford text line, I sticks to my guns. The buck stops here. Enough with the micromanaging already. At the end of the day, it's on the management and the coaches. Don't understand the recent trades. Halsey, Stromer, pouring in the garbage. Heard you haven't played a game since November with Stoney. And you were a dash 78. Any truth to that? I never played for Stoney. Come on, Chisler. Quit putting that rumor out there. Uh, was I ever dash 78? Well, maybe in a season. I don't know. Are you supposed to back check in beer league? I don't think so. Tell you one thing. One thing that you shouldn't be doing if you're playing men's league hockey is going out of your way blocking shots. All right, uh, you can text us at 630-630. Oilers GM has texted us to say, Bob, 75% is on the player in every other organization, maybe. But here it's 95% in the organization. The history of this organization not developing players properly proves my point. Well, my response to that Oilers GM is that... uh, I do think that there's better structure and process in uh, 
Bakersfield this year than ever before. They got a real coach. Jerry Fleming was a nice man. Uh, I think he was the greatest coach. I, I think they've got something going with Jay Woodcroft down there. He, there's something. Woodcroft's got a lot of NHL experience. There you go. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. This text comes in. Uh, where did it go? Oh, Bob, hypothetically, would you say no to a dry settle for Ekblad trade or with Florida? Um, I'd have to think about that. I mean, the Oilers could use a right-shot guy. Ekblad's had some concussion issues. I think dry settle's a heck of a player, too. And I think there's a segment of the fan base that doesn't really appreciate what Leon Dreisaitl is. So there you go. All right, 155 in Edmonton. We'll take a – actually, this is not a timeout. We're going to go we'll wrap up the show. We're going to be back tomorrow. It's going to be a good day. we got Brian Burke for NHL Hockey and Rogers, for friends from Canadian Power Pack, Mark Spector uh, doing today's show for Horse Racing Alberta. Louis DeBrasco will also be on tomorrow's show. All right, great stuff. Uh, and thanks to all of your positive uh, texts that we got. We got a lot of positive texts today. No, not really. But uh, anyhow, uh, we'll be back today with the City Ford Face-Off show at 4.30. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Morgan Black. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.